This is Andrei Stolzers and you are listening to the Film Focus podcast. Focus podcast. My name is Matt Boisclair and since we last recorded, the UK went to the polling stations and overwhelmingly voted for what we already had, proving that sometimes it's better the devil you know. Meanwhile, it's three defeats in a week for Fulham as we slumped to a 1-0 defeat to Brentford in our last ever visit to Griffin Park on Saturday afternoon and inevitably some are calling for a change in manager. But sometimes it's better the devil you know. Who would have thought we'd have been in this position 10 days ago? If you think the UK is in a state of disarray, feel for this man who joins me to dissect the game. Not only has his country got a comedy president, but it's also currently infiltrated by Matt Baldwin, who's working his way around the country, eating all the sausages. The little pig in a blanket. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. It's Don Love. Hi, mate. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Now, I'm glad you mentioned Baldo being in America, so you guys can feel feel sorry for us all you want. Uh, I am I am nervous that he's going to get picked up by uh, our (laughs) ISIS, you know, our our the guys that uh, do border control and keep out the unwanted, as Trump calls them. Uh, I could see him ending up in a, in a holding cell somewhere, butt naked and being searched. <laughs> well, it's too late. It's too late. He's already there. He might, he might try and keep out the unwanted, but he is there. So, um, And it's just the two of us this week, as J-Mac is having all sorts of issues involving Thailand and a wireless router. So it's Don <laughs> and I. We're going to talk Brentford. Let's go. Fulham. All right, mate. So Cyrus Christie came in for the suspended Dennis Adoy, as we expected. Joe Bryan returned at left back. Tom Kearney was back in the side after missing the trip in the week to Preston with illness. And there was a place for Niskan's Cabano on the left of a front three after a couple of impressive substitute appearances recently. Meanwhile, Bobby Reed was back on the bench. I asked this question to the lads in the Preston Review podcast earlier in the week, but seeing that lineup before the game, how did you feel? Were you confident? Yes and no. Um, yes, because it, it's kind of the one lineup that you know we can do right now w- with all our injuries and, and the illnesses that we're out there. No, because I know there's a lot of people who may think I'm giving this guy too much stick, and there's others who think I'm not giving him enough stick, but I just don't get why Josh Onoma was still in the lineup. I, I'm sorry, Scott. You are the person that makes this call. You're the one that sees him day in, day out, but I, I just don't get it. He, if I could be wrong, Frenchie, but when you watched that game, did you not get the feeling like nobody was passing the ball to him? Um, yes, I, I, I do take your point, and I'm, I'm sure it's just something that is a figment of our imagination because he was he was available for I the ball so. when the centre backs were passing it. Yeah, they they were part. Reem and Mawson were passing it about, and he was kind of offering himself for it, but. I did notice quite early on in the game that he did get the ball and he completely misplaced an easy pass. And I don't know, I don't know whether he's just a bit crap or whether he's just out of confidence or, or whatever. But I, I do take your point that he's he's not playing particularly well, and it's no coincidence that since he's come into the side, uh, the results have, have gone off a little bit. Now, people will say, "Well, the results have gone off because we have all these injuries," uh, and and that's I think that is partially true. But again, I don't know. I, 
every now and then Josh does get a right foot in and make a good little tackle or break up play. But the rest of the time, I'm not seeing it. I just think he he doesn't really run around a whole lot to me, like making himself involved in the play. He seems more like he's just kind of on a trot. Now, a lot of people are saying that the whole team's doing that. I don't know if you read online, and I was really surprised because I thought several people actually did try during the game. But do you feel like people were just sitting around not doing anything? Because that's what I kept reading on the mat uh, on different uh, like forums and Twitter and different things, that people really thought that most of the players just were complete crap and were just walking. You didn't get that sense, did you? I think that was a little bit harsh. I just I think there was a lack of creative spark. Um, the first 10 minutes or so, we we looked the better side. Cabano hit the post, for example. Um, he cut back on his right foot and running down the left and two inches to to the other side and, and he's in the back of the net and we're talking about a different game. That was really it's, unlucky. It was. And I, I think he I was a brilliant a shot. A brilliant shot. It was. Shot. And he deserves a goal for the way he's playing. Yep. Um, and, and I thought he looked our best best player probably in, in the first half, certainly. Um, but I, I don't really take the point that, that the players weren't trying. I think they are trying. I think, you know, these, these are professional footballers. This is this is their livelihood. And sometimes they're human beings as well. Sometimes they just have a bad day at the office. And and it's, it's unfortunate that more often than not, when we play Brentford, but certainly away these days, the players have a have a bad day at the office, and it's it's bloody frustrating. Okay, I'm going to pick on the uh, pick up on that the bad day at the office to all the listeners. Okay, I guess I should not give praise to anybody on the team because apparently when I give praise, the very next match they just fuck up and do something really stupid and get a red card. So Dennis Adoy, yeah. Mr. Adoy, <laughs> if you're listening, I apologize. I should never have said sorry and, and said that you were just doing so awesome and everything. I guess I should have just left it as is. And you would have continued to be this great player instead of getting a stupid red. So no more praise for me for a bunch of players. I'm going to just stick to giving them a crap and maybe they'll continue to do really good then. Well, talking of players that do deserve some stick, Alfie Mawson fell on his ass after 22 minutes. He was far too weak in the tackle, and we fell behind to Brentford. Talk me through the goal, Don. This is where, sadly, I think this is kind of a typical thing for Fulham uh, right now. I, I hate to – it was Mawson. He was very weak, and, and uh, I can't say he's had a, a good game in the, like the last two games in my mind. But anyway, He's had an awful week. Oh. Man, it, if Hector was here, I guess Hector would be walking right into his spot if he was available, I would assume. I, I would assume Reem would stay put and it'd be uh, Mawson that loses his spot. But for the goal, again, we're way up high on the attack. Brian's out of position, you know. And this is where in the old days, it used to be K-Mac, you know, sat back there. And then in the beginning of our season, it was Harry Otter was sitting back there. And, you know, they play the cleanup guy or break it up kind of guy. They do a long pass out which we never do hardly. And then they do a short intermediate pass and boom, you're going towards goal. Quick one, two across the goal. Again, nobody picks up the player on the back corner. Rhoda can't jump from one corner to the other to defend, or at least I, I don't you know, see him being able to do that. It easily goes in. And to me, it was way, way too easy of a goal. Now, don't get me wrong, right, Boscar. I do think it was a good goal for Bees, well worked. But for us, I just think we gave it up too cheaply. You're right. And I think as as far as Brentford are concerned, Brentford are a good side. They're one of the form sides of the league at the moment. But they made 
carving us open look very easy. And that's oh. what we should be doing to teams with the players that we've got. We look like we were just standing still a lot of times and they just were running right past us. You know, I did listen. Uh, I was listening to the commentary, Gentleman Jim, and he made a comment. And I wonder how would you if you would back this up and say the same thing. He says, if you were to take all of the Brentford players uh, that are now playing with other teams, they started out at Brentford or at one time were like a head star of Brentford. Now they're with another championship team. He says you'd have probably one of the number one or two spot teams in the championship right now. If you took all those ex-league players, would you agree? Uh, uh, Brentford have been a decent side for years and historically they have to sell their players to survive. You go back to Mark Warburton. They're a good side under Mark Warburton. Um, who was the manager after Warburton? It was Dean Smith, who's now at Aston Villa, doing well at Aston Villa, got them promoted. They've got this um, Frank guy who's who's also doing well. And it's not beyond the realms of possibility that, that Brentford could go up this season. So, you know, they, they don't really have the best better than individual us. players in the division. Yeah, they don't have the best individual players in the division, but they play as a cohesive unit and, and they look good for it. I looked it up. I think their manager is a, uh, another Argentinian, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And that's no, Danish. Uh, oh, he's is he Danish. Danish? Oh, I thought it was Argentinian. Yeah. Okay. Well, Close. he seems to have been really well up. organized and he seems to have them really playing some, some good football. And it goes back to the way they were playing goes back to, I know Matt 10 says this online. I've said it constantly online. I know I've read other people saying it and I've even heard gentleman Jim say it with, with Jamie on, on uh, match day threads or match day talks. We can't just go back and forth. And this is where I completely agree with Matt 10 too many times we're going back and forth between just Reem and Moss and Reem and Moss and Reem and Moss and, and we don't make any forward passes or we're just waiting so long that it allows them to press higher and move up on us and put some pressure on us. And then, yeah, we're looking for that easy, quick pass, but more times than not, at least in the Brentford match, we're giving away a stupid pass, a bad pass, and it's coming right back down our throats. So I want to see, again, for the hundredth time, change it up. I think it was you that said, I'm pretty sure it was you that said, Rodick's got a good long ball. Let's use it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I want to pick up on something you said then about the the ruthlessness and just, you know, be, being more creative. And In the 28th minute, Mitro had a shot from inside his own half. It was a crap shot. It was never beating the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper was in the middle of his goal. It was a bit of a, um, a daisy cutter of a shot. And it's not the first time he's had a shot like that from distance recently. And for me, it feels like it signals how frustrated he is at the lack of service he's getting. That He's just thinking, well, I'll have a shot from here then. Um, there was no service to him at the weekend. What do you think? I don't mind him doing those, taking those shots, not doing a crap shot like that. But I like, again, change it up. I, I didn't mind Steph Joe, I think, was another one that took a, wasn't a very strong shot and went right to the goalkeeper, I think. But hmm. I'd like to see that every now and then. Break it up. Don't walk the freaking ball into the net every time. We don't have to do that, okay? I think, again, our problem, and when this goes to, from the times that I see him play internationally, he usually has somebody playing with him. He usually has somebody who's kind of sitting behind him a little bit more and is, you know, feeding off of him. And the players they have are definitely getting more crosses in the box. And it's not just crosses in the box from our the, the wings. It's the 
guys in the middle making outside runs and putting crosses in, you know, uh, stuff like that. So I'm a big fan of, I wish they'd have played Nisikin Cabano because I, I seriously believe he's the closest thing we've got to like a Bobby Reed right now. Uh, I wish they'd have played him more up top and allowed him to kind of play more off of uh, Metro. Does that make sense? So that they kind of feed off yeah. each other better. Cause I can see Nisikin easily, you know, being like a Cess, you know, a, St- uh, a Ryan Session where Metro makes a good shot, goalie maybe saves it, spills it, Neeson's there to clean it up. And if this he's is not, the thing, mate. yeah, go ahead. This is, the, this is the thing, mate. So we've got players who are very different. We've got Cavalera who will run at players. We've got Knockart who will run, he'll cut back inside, then go again and whip crosses in. We've got Mitrovic, who's a big, yeah. strong centre forward who not only you know, is very good in the air, but he's very good with his feet and he can create chances for himself. You've got Cabano, who's very quick, go past people, yep. cut back inside and have a shot. Yep. We've got all these different types of players. We've got Tom Kearney, who can, you know, who can bend them in from miles out. Yet we insist on these short passes exactly. that go yeah. nowhere and we're not bringing the best out of any of the talents that we've got within this squad at the moment. I, I agree. It's turgid and boring to watch. So, okay, so let's go on from there. That goes to Parker and his style, okay? I like Parker, but I am getting in – I'm not in the Parker out camp, but I am getting close. I'm getting to that point where he's really, really getting on my nerves and aggravating me. And what I mean by that is, again, Parker, change it up every now and then. Scotty, please. We don't have to do short passes and walk it in the goal every time, okay? Let's start doing some, you know, let's Steph – Joe, he, he used to make these brilliant runs, and he still does, but we're not feeding him and allowing him to be creative and get back into the box and take his chances. Instead, it's make those runs, Steph, and maybe take a defender with you, and that opens up something else. Or, yeah, make those runs, Steph, but just know that we're looking for you to either put a cross in because we want you out wide now, or we want you to hook back up with the outside so that we can walk it into the box. Again, I don't mind Metro or Steph taking shots from outside the box. If they've got the leg for it and they've got the chance for that matter, Tom, there was a couple of times I thought Tom could have easily taken his left foot and put one in. He did not So for me, I don't know what, how you feel about Parker right now, but he's going to lose his job if he does not start changing things up a little bit. And that's my, my, my opinion, at least I think he's going to start losing his job quick. I, I, we'll come on to this in more detail in a, in a, in a little while, but I, I agree with you that he does need to he needs to change things up and he, he needs to play to the strengths of what he's got rather than sticking to a game plan and not not moving from that game plan. Play to your strengths. Right. Um, so what you're saying, it'd be not like a, a big Sam or somebody who's just defensive. You want him to kind of be like... Um... Oh, what's that guy's name who uh, he he would come in and uh, he'll play to his, their strengths, but I don't ever see him us getting him. Um, the Spaniard, uh, I believe he is a new, Newcastle's oh, old guy. Yeah. Yeah, Benitez. Baldwin's yeah. old mate. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, Baldwin's infatuated with him. I think he's actually got a, a restraining order <laughs> to keep him away. I could see somebody like <laughs> that coming in one. and rearranging based on strengths of the players, the, the team and how they play. That would be fantastic. I'd love that. What I don't want to see is a, like a big Sam or somebody come in and say, okay, we're just going to play long balls out of the back and we're going to sit back and defend. That I don't hey, want. I don't, I don't care. I don't care who the manager is. I really couldn't give a damn 
as long as they're playing to the strengths of the players that we've got. And, and we're winning square, or tying at least. Square pegs, round holes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, let's say this one last thing about this. You know, what we can't do is continue to lose or just do draws. They've got to be flat out. We're getting three points. Otherwise, this is going to be one of those record-breaking seasons where Leeds and uh, West Brom just walk away 15, 18 points ahead of everybody, which if I'm not mistaken, I read from uh, MJG, Mike Craig, that that's like never heard of or hardly ever been done in this yeah. league. So well, we've got to change something. Ten, ten, 10 days ago, before the Bristol City game, we were off the back of four wins on the bounce, but maybe yep. we rode our luck somewhat in those games. Um, but I, I don't buy the fact that we've been found out in the last in, in the last week or so. I just... I don't know. It's, it's just been a crap week, um, but I feel like I do think it's back. a bit of unluck. You know what I mean? Because, like you said, yeah. Niska and Cabano puts that goal in in the yeah. beginning of the game. Different match. Different but match. Just after, after Brentford scored, Mawson was weak in the tackle again. Uh, Brentford hit the post, but it was easy to score. The bloke squared it. Um, as soon as January comes around, as you said, I think Mawson's out the side for Hector at the moment. And just before half time as well, Brentford hit the post again. So we say that, you know, we could have been one nil up inside the first few minutes, but also we could have been three nil down at half time. Easily. Easily. Well, so you know, I actually thought that one went in and all the Brentford fans, if you, you could hear them in the background mm. uh, behind Gentleman Jim, they were, they, they, they were, scored, they were yeah. screaming. They thought they'd scored, you know? So I was just like, oh, fuck, here we go, you know? And then I was like, oh, thank God. And then another, oh, God, again, Rodak, you have cemented your place into that goal. Uh, when he, he they had that breakaway and he came out, made himself big. The guy took a shot, it bounced out. And another guy, I think he put it wide at that point. He, he tried to get the rebound. Yeah. Again, that, that could have been two, three up because uh, we just are so bad right now in defense and uh, acceptable to the, the counterattack. Yeah, but it's, we're we're lucky to have such a good goalkeeper, and I think we can all agree that that Rodak is you know better than Bettinelli at the moment. Um, okay, in the, in the second half, Cyrus Christie had a shot from distance right down the keeper's throat, but Brentford continued to pressure us, um, and Rodak, who we've just been praising, almost made an absolute howler. The ball went straight through his fingers, but it hit the inside of the post. Again, another another chance where you know we could have been we could have been two down. Uh, so again, thank God for him. You know, uh, I, I love that he's between the sticks right now. As I said before, I'm a big bets guy and I love bets, but uh, I am now pom poms in my hands and cheering all the way with my clappers for Rodex. So, yeah, no, God bless enough. you, sir. Fair enough. Now, now let me okay. ask you this, Matt. Let me ask you this, Matt. When you saw how easily they were cutting us open, and you guys all laughed at me when I said this lineup. With a doy out, okay, and with Christie having to slide over um, into that position, knowing that they were going to press high like they did, do you think having Josh on the field allowed for Tom or Steph Joe to be able to drop deeper and, and defend? Because that's what was lacking is we didn't have that Harry Otter, you know, to break things up. So in that lineup that they had, don't you think Christie maybe would have been better slipping in there instead of uh, Onimer, and he could have played deeper, and then maybe we could have put Steph uh, Steven out on the the right and had a slightly more defensive play. 
such a left field idea, uh, idea, and I know. But look, and then paper. and then we do just like Brentford did. We look for slightly longer balls or stuff from uh, from the back where you know we pick up Tom and let Tom be creative, or we're looking to allow those guys that are, have the speed make those runs. I think we've got to try something different. I really tactically, do. Tactically, what you're saying, I understand. But from the point of view of Scott Parker, Cyrus Christie signed for this club as a right back. He's never played in midfield for Fulham before. And in the position we're in at the moment, if Scott Parker starts messing around and sticking somebody like Cyrus Christie in midfield and we lose, then the knives are going to be even sharper for him than they are at the moment. Yeah, but okay. Again, he's got to come up with a plan B. If he doesn't come up with a plan B, then we're just going to keep being in these bad situations because he can't just play the same stuff over and over. And that's pretty much what he does. He kind of picks his lineup and plays the same attacking, slow pace football, right? Or he gets ahead one goal. And instead of us being able to get another head and maybe put on like a Matt O'Reilly or somebody, let them see out the minutes, we go more defensive and we even become more sitting back absorbing pressure and inviting it on, it on to us so he's incredibly lucky in one sense i just want to plan b yeah he's incredibly unlucky in the sense that both harrison reed and harry arter those two players who play that holding role in midfield are both agree. injured at the same time i completely agree but still I, he's got to come up with a better plan b in my mind yeah, yeah. we can't okay. just do the same thing We've been banging on the plan B drum for, for a couple of years now, from Slav to Claudio. So I know. But um, again, they're, they're, the reason we keep yelling about the plan B also is because we keep drumming on about freaking our defense. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I kind of feel like they've, they've figured out the front pretty well and the midfield for not, not too bad. But our defense, this has just been the same thing. You know, maybe a few different players here, you know, in the defense, but. Yeah. And the problem is you, we don't have enough pressure being put on the players that are starting in defence. You know, there's nobody putting pressure on Mawson and Ream at the moment. Le Marchand's injured. Um, Hector's breathing down their neck from January, so that's one player. Um, there's nobody putting any pressure on Joe Bryan. You've got a few right-backs, which is fine. I think we're OK in the right-back department. Adoy's played played well. It is left-back. He looks OK at the moment. Yeah, yeah but left-back and centre-backs, there's, there's no pressure. You know, there was a guy in the beginning of the season uh, online, and I can't remember if it was like Friends of Fulham Forum or Twitter, but he started a, a, a thread, and it was all about how thin the squad was, and he broke it down. And I wish I could find his, his breakdown of the squad because I think he's nailed it perfectly. The, the weakest spot, he said, is still the left back. And he said, if people think that MLM is going to be able to cover for Brian, he said, because that was basically the only thing we had at the time, which now he's he's hurt. He said, then we're, we're screwed. And I think he's right. If Brian gets hurt right now or were to get a red card, we yeah, tried putting Adoy the, there. Adoy suspended. So, yeah, you're right. In the next that couple didn't of work games, out. Who would you so, play there? I wouldn't have a clue. Let's, let's say we don't have where, to worry about I don't know the PL2 guys enough. Uh, I, I saw a couple of them sitting on the bench with uh, Della Tor- or uh, Luca Della Toro and um, yeah. Matt O'Reilly, but yeah. Is there a really good, I wonder, left back at the PL2 level or even the U18s? See, I don't, I, I haven't paid enough attention to them. So it would be really interesting to hear from somebody. Tweet us or, or text us and let us know, hey, message us. Is there a really good, or have you really seen a really good U18 or PL2 at the Fulham Academy that you think could be cover 
in case Brian were to get hurt. I'd be interested to hear that. So I went to the uh, the preseason friendly in July with Bromley, and that was the um, the kids basically playing. But could I tell you anybody apart from Timmy Abraham and um, and the Portuguese fella whose name? Do you remember how, how did we do in that? Uh, it, it was nil nil. Kids. It was nil nil. Nil nil. Yeah, classic, real classic game. Play, nobody, no players that I knew, and <laughs> it was nil nil with a with a non league side. And, and you know that's the way it was uh, when uh, we were when Fulham was first relegated out of the Premier League. You know, and Khan brought them over to Jacksonville, Florida. He yeah. brought all the teenagers with him. Um, yeah. He didn't really bring any of the first team, so everybody was sitting around going, "Well, who's that? Who's that?" Yeah. Could be um, anyone. Anyway. All right, well, let's 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 talk about the substitutions. So uh, Abubakar Kamara came on for Stefan Johansson. Anthony Knockart came on for Nisans Caballo, and it was good to see Bobby Reed, who came on for Ivan Cavallero. And it was Anthony Knockart and Bobby Reed who combined to almost grab an equaliser as Reed failed to connect properly with a with a Knockart cross uh, whilst completely unmarked. I think if that chance falls to Mitro, surely it's one one, isn't it, mate? I would have thought so. Um, I mean, that's his bread and butter right there. So I, I was surprised that he did not finish. Um, it was one of those one times where you think, oh, wow, Knockhart has really done a great job. And sadly, it's Metro that, you know, was unable to complete it or put it in the back. But, hey, let's go back to Bobby for a second. I am so glad that he was on the pitch. So knock on wood, maybe that means he'll be available for leads. Yeah. Start him. So, so we've got a week's. We've got a week's break now, so hopefully, you know, I'd be really some of curious. These players will start to come back. I'd be really curious. Have you heard uh, the extent of some of these injuries? Like, have you seen anything that says estimated time? Harrison Reed is no, back here at this time, or no? No, I haven't. They Dude, never talk I, about I, it. I'd be, I, anymore, I know, anyway. and that's one of the. It's like, oh, Smoke it's got to be a secret. So, you know, it's, it doesn't need to be that big a so, secret. Give us some fans some hope, you know. When, when are some of these guys coming exactly. back? Exactly. It always used to, but it's all smoke and mirrors these days, isn't it? God knows it what the is. benefit of that is. But So let anyway. me ask you this. What did so, you um, think? What did you yeah. think of Bobby Reed when he came on? Did, did you think he, like, in, injected a lot into the game? Like, he was, oh, my God? Or did you say, oh, he was just kind of lost and... Um, aside from the chance that um, that he had, I didn't really notice him, to be honest. I, I felt like okay. we were going through the motions towards the end of the game. And, um, and yeah, we, we, we just kind of ran out of steam a little bit. And, you know, a player like Bobby Reed, who's, who's coming back from injury, it's, um, it's a lot of pressure to, to put on his shoulders to expect him to just get us back into the game. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope he starts against Leeds. Um, I, I think we need to change it up again. We seem to be changing the scene quite a lot at, at the moment, but that kind of comes when you've got three games in a week. Um, right. Well, that you get a player sent up as well. Well, that that's where you know, like we talked before, you hope that there's good man management and that he's able to rotate the players. But sadly, and uh, again, this could be maybe the problem uh, and what developed a lot of our injuries was in the beginning, he was not rotating a lot of the players. You know what I mean? He was just kind of, this, this, this is it, this is it, this is it. Maybe in the beginning he should have rotated more. So it's not like then, the Premier League then, where they get a whole week off a lot of times or a week and a half. I, I feel like some of these managers are between a rock and a hard place in that sense. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. You, you know, we, we criticise them for not knowing their best team. And then 
we criticise them for changing it up when when we're winning as well. So it's um, at the moment it's very difficult to, to second guess what team he's going to pick. So for me, a good manager he figures out as fast as he can his starting eleven, and then based on who he's going up against, yeah. he starts maybe doing in a championship long season little tweaks where it's like only one player, you know, maybe one player yeah. sitting out for this game, so that you aren't breaking up the continuity of the whole team you're just dropping in one player to help give this player a little bit of rest or something you know what i mean so for me that's good management what i don't want to see is like you say like claudio and and them who oh let's just tinker with the whole thing and like we did that game one time play play player bingo and just randomly pick names out of a hat and put them in places yeah yeah, play them in positions where they're never going to be effective. All right, well, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I, I feel like Brentford looked much more uh, of a team than we did. I do feel at times oh, yeah. that we look at we do look like a team of individuals, and for that you can't really blame any one person. But I feel like it's our transfer policy that perhaps should come under scrutiny once again, if anything. Oh, I don't absolutely. Want to get on to the cans, but what do you think? Because we were quite excited in the summer. And, you know, we, we have almost handpicked some of the best players with experience from the championship. But as a team, it's just not working at the moment. So two things uh, or two different ways I think you could go with that. Number one, let's let's go back to the cons and uh, picking the players and, and bringing in the players. Again, fantastic job on paper, at least midfield forward. Don't we think, though, that perhaps, again, that they should have done more with the defense that they should have brought in uh, different players, you know, to help strengthen the defense and be ready to go rather than just saying, well, we're good enough, you know? Um, So that's, that's one way you can go. Now, the other way you could go with this and say, well, the cons actually did their job and they brought in some excellent players and it's Scotty who is not getting the most out of the players that maybe he's being too nice to them. You know, you hate to say a lot of people used to say Kit Simons, you know, was uh, buddy, buddy too much with the players. Well, maybe Scott is being too much buddy buddy, and he's not cracking the whip enough. So it's a, it's hard to say because we're not in there. We do, we we just don't know. Yeah. Now, me, if I was Scotty, my foot would be so far up some of those players' ass that you know they they wouldn't be able to get on the field for a week. Uh, some of these guys need to be benched too for a couple of weeks. I just think they are not putting in the shift. They're not respecting the shirt, not respecting the fans for the amount of money you guys pay to attend all these matches. For me, they're just not busting their ass enough. And I, and I don't want to say any particular names or anything, because I do believe that players do listen to things like this. They do hear things like this and it brings them down when they hear their individual names, you know, and I'd rather they play to their strengths, but I I agree with you, Matt. I just think that there are some players who could be doing a lot more, a lot more. What I, what I personally really want to avoid okay, is jumping on a bandwagon of get the manager out just because we've lost a couple of games yep. in a row. Yep. I hate yep. that. I, I do I too. Really, and It's um, like you said I, earlier, four games in a row, we were winning. Exactly. So, maybe we maybe we rode our luck in, in those games. Maybe we didn't. Who knows? Now, but, maybe if Scotty gets some we, of these players back from injury, he'll go back to, you know, yeah. oh, I can do this and this, and we're back on track. So... We we were sixth. Oh, sorry, we're sixth, which is still you know a playoff position. Playoff but position. A few days ago, we were third, and not an awful lot's changed. We've lost a couple of games. We lost three games, and losing three games on the bounce, it's inevitable that managers' credentials to carry on are questioned by by some supporters. 
Where do you currently stand on Scott Parker then, Don? So like I said, I'm not a Parker out guy because, again, he just had four great wins. Uh, a lot of people say, yeah, but they're against the lower teams or the mid-lower teams uh, in the, in the uh, table. But we had four great wins. Sadly, he's dealing with tons of injuries. And you know that are key injuries too. They're not just like, oh, he's hurt. We got this guy. We'll slip him in. They're, they were key injuries for us. Uh, and then the guy that he would have slipped into their place got gets injured. So I really feel for him, and I do want him to do well. I, I always want any Fulham manager or anybody who's wearing the shirt to do well. But he is starting to slip in my mind. I'm, I, you know, it's, it's like that little thing is just getting in the back of your mind, and it's that little voice saying, Hey, maybe he is shit. Maybe you, you, you know, you really should start saying he needs to go, but I'm not at that point. I'm not at that point at least, you know, it took uh, me a long uh, time when for Kim or for Kit, when I wanted Kit out and then I made it very evident. I was very vocal, but I don't think we need to be on his back right now too hard because he is dealing with a lot of crap. I feel like we've been very ruthless with sacking managers in the last year or so. And we need, we still need some stability to to sack him now. It would still be, you know, three, four managers in just over a year, and I, I, that's that's crazy. You can't keep changing your mind. You, if, as as a club, you've got to make a decision. You've got to plan your strategy, and then you've got to stick by it for a bit. And as soon as you know the first sign of trouble, you can't go running for the hills. You need to you need to stand by the guy. So so let me yeah, ask you this. Yeah, I like what you're saying. So if you stick by him, okay. And let's say we stick by him, we don't get promoted, we end up losing a bunch of players. Are you still okay? Or would you be okay with him being the one to help rebuild, start over, restructure? Yeah, it's another season or two in the championship. It depends. It depends on how we go about it and how we're playing. You know, if if there's a couple of unlucky wins here and there, or if we're just constant, if we're having 70% of the ball and creating no chances, then yep. there's no progress. But if yep. we're seeing some progress, yep. then I'm fine with that. So for argument's sake, let me throw this back at you and ask you this. Let's say we get to the playoffs. Does that represent a decent first season for Scott? And then what happens if we fail to go up? Should his future be judged on one cup final game? Or do we, do we then look to next season, carry on building what we started? So this is where I would say... Uh, uh, yes, I think, okay, so for me, I think if we make the playoffs, even if we don't go up, I think that's still good enough for, for, for Parker to be able to stay, okay? I think for a first-time manager, him to be able to make the playoffs in what is arguably the hardest league in the world, Okay. And the reason I say that is just because of the competition, how tight usually everything is, how long it is, how grueling it is. For a manager to be able to make a top six position and take us to the playoffs is phenomenal in my mind. Maybe he, we don't get promoted. Fine. I still think he's a decent enough guy that we could use him to rebuild. And yeah, I know we're going to lose Metro. We're going to lose these other players. Okay. Well, then it's time for the cons or, or Tony to really show what he can do. You know, you've supposedly got a manager who you say works hard with you, wants to be involved in everything. So if we had to start kind of over from scratch, let's see it. What can maybe, you really do? Maybe then it's time to stop paying players Premier League wages to get them to stay at the club at all costs and I build agree. a squad capable of getting yes. up in the championship. Yes, absolutely. It's and Kearney. Kearney's obviously still got his Premier League wages as I, well as Mitrovic. 
Yeah, and I would, I'll bet you Reem does too. Um, so that, that brings up another good point is I believe the average age of our squad is almost 27 years old. That's kind of old for a championship team in my mind. I would have thought a strong championship team, average age tops would be 25, 24, somewhere in there. That you've got a bunch of younger players who are aggressive, hungry, and wanting to prove themselves. Mixed in with some guys who proven championship quality. And maybe you've got, and this is where I do think we are lacking, that one Danny Murphy or somebody who has uh, Norwood even, you know, who's got that experience and the guys can look up to and say, yep, this is how it's done. He's, he shows us what to do and can drop in that midfield and really be a true captain. You know what I mean? Like a, just a true Danny Murphy style, take no shit, bleeding on the field. We're going forward. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see how this uh, see how this season pans out. Anyway. But now you didn't tell me. Would you stick with Parker in that circumstance? We make yes, the playoffs. Yes. We we don't get promoted. We're going to lose a bunch of players. Would you stick with him? Yes, I would. I would. I don't. I, I, the Premier I League agree. for me is the Premier League for me isn't the be all and end all. But I want a club. I said this last season, time and time again. I want a club that I can be proud of. And I, I am still proud this season. You know, we've we've not done as well as I'd hoped. And I remember Kevin McDonald doing an interview whilst on, on pre-season and saying, we're here to, to get automatic promotion. We're here to win the league. And Leeds and West Brom are running away with this at the moment. But they're not uncatchable. And it's not beyond the realms of, that we not can, yet. you yep. know, we can put together another run because we've got the players to do it. But things just need to be pulled together. We're out of confidence and we're out of form at the moment. But that can change around with one game and a big game at the weekend and a win against Leeds going into Christmas could just be the oh, shot of the huge. That would be yeah. huge. So tell me this. Uh, I know a lot of people are, are afraid that who was it in the chat uh, and what was the team? Uh, maybe it was Danny Boy or somebody said, well, I don't want to become like that team. And they, they said a very specific team that dropped out of the premiere uh was that mid-range, not really going anywhere, doing anything team in the championship, and now they've completely fallen to the to the wayside. Do you remember who that was? Could be, could be Wigan. Could be nah. there's anyone of a number of clubs. Forest, Sheffield Wednesday. Well, that's where somebody in our chat group uh, had pointed out why. Well, really, you know, we we want to be playing at the top of our uh, our capabilities. Yeah, I agree. We want to play at our top of our capabilities, but. At the same time, I'm happy with the championship. I think it's a hell of a competition. And I, for me, as an American, it's worse. So trust me, I want to be in the Premier League. It's easier for us to be able to see those games, those matches over here. Yeah. So for me, as yeah. an American, to say I'm okay with the championship, putting up with trying to find dodgy streams, trying to pay you know, mm-hmm. my, my five pounds to the club for, to just to watch a match every game or, or you know whatever it is. I'm okay with it. Uh, as long as we are progressing forward, winning games, and have a, a a style that we can be happy with, that isn't boring, putting me to sleep, or making me frustrated that I'm banging my head against the wall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love going to watch Fulham. I love going to watch Fulham. I don't care who the opposition is. And like you say, I just I, I just want to be proud of the club and the style and, and what we're watching. And at times this season, I have been. At times, I haven't been. Well, all of last season, I wasn't in any way, shape, or form. I hated last season in the Premier League. Well, you, you, you saw, or I don't know if you heard, 
remember when we had our little meet up here a couple of weeks ago for the QPR match and yeah. my, my good mate yeah. and his, his wife showed up, you know, that uh, every time I go over, they, mm. they come and uh, see me. They said, you know, and they've been going, these are people who have been in the Riverside stands since before the first time Fulham went up to the premier league. These are people who went mm. to games away games and there was only maybe two to 400 people. Like you knew everybody. And you all traveled yeah. a lot together. Okay. So these are, these are people who've been around a lot. They literally said, this is the first year that they are just fed up and tired of watching Fulham, that they are bored, mm. literally bored. So for them to say oh, that, that's, that's pretty bad. That is a shame. And that, that definitely won't do. All right. Well, let, let's move on. Let, let's, let's get your Scott Parker rating for this game, mate. I'm assuming it's not going to be a 10. No, <laughs> no. I'm going to do a six and my explanation for giving him a six is this. And I know a lot of people would, would are really furious and, and they would say, Oh, he deserves nothing or, or a three or something. Mm. I think with the exception of Josh, that one, I, I, I does get under my skin and make me mad and make my blood kind of boil with the exception of Josh. It's hard for him to pick his lineup right now. It's not like he's got, all the players available and he can really think, Oh my God, I'm going to do this and this and we'll go from there. So I'll give him a six because he doesn't have all the players available due to injuries and stuff. I take away, and this is why I won't go higher. He's still picking Josh who I don't think is really bringing anything into the, to the matches. Um, I can see him as that bit squad player, but I just don't see him in the starting 11. And I still don't think he's got a plan B. Okay. So when yeah. things are going wrong, I just don't think he's got other than, Oh, I'm going to bring Cabano on, or I'm going to bring AK on off the bench. You know, I don't think of those as plan B's a plan B for me is okay. The B's are pressing high. They're putting long balls, interim balls in. We need to defend better. How am I going to change this up so that we start putting more pressure on them quicker and start getting more chances. And if that means, yes, we have to change uh, up from the short little passes, then that's what we're going to do. So until he does something different, comes up with a solid, this is a good plan B, he's going to remain a six or lower with me right now. Okay. Well, six is very, very generous. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm too nice be, of a guy. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm, I'm going to be the arsehole this week. And I'm normally good for you. Generous. I'm normally generous, but we've lost to Brentford. It's a one this week. There's no need for any tactical analysis off the back of that. We've lost to Brentford. Sorry, Scott. It's a one, mate. That, that ain't acceptable. But just do better next week. Uh, oh, right, yes. Don't... Absolutely. Please, please, please. Yeah, for God's sake. All right, mate. Well, despite the fact it was just the two of us this week and we missed J-Mac, I enjoyed that. So um, thanks for that. Good stuff. Um, well, you know, it, it allows me to hear you talk more often uh, about yeah. what you really think because J-Mac gets involved and in, in lose track of things. It, goes, take, goes, take, it gets a little funny take, sometimes. He, he, take, he takes over. <laughs> if you don't get to hear my point of view, and that's that's what everyone wants to hear. Well, I just love hearing his voice and all his little impressions so much <laughs> that I forget what yeah, we're right. talking about. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, mate. Um, any plans for Christmas? So uh, the wife, who normally works in D.C. and not here in Atlanta, she is now going to stay uh, in town through Christmas and New Year's. So that's a that's a plus and always good. Both my kids are back from university. They've gotten their finals done and everything. So uh, other than us, we're just going to hang out and enjoy ourselves. 
and we're going to hook up with uh, a company over here that brings a lot of uh, British people over for uh, different jobs. And there's a brand new couple that uh, has uh, just landed on our area through that company. We're going to go and hook up with them and uh, uh, try and show them the town a couple of times. Sadly, he's an Arsenal fan, an Arsenal fan. Oh. So I know. Well, you can you can wallow in misery together then, because they just. I, I was going right? to I, I talked to him a couple of days ago, and he is just livid right now with his team. So, yeah, all, no no positives all. for either one of us. So, no, exactly, exactly. Oh uh, well, good stuff. Thanks you all for listening as ever. Treat yourself this Christmas and go and subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back later this week with a preview of Saturday's visit of Leeds United. So see you then. Cheers.